Hi, I'm Ruth from Unleash Your Goddess. It's great to be back again after the Christmas New Year period and to get back to some sort of normality and to be chatting to you again and to be chatting to our brilliant guests. Today, I am speaking with a special guest on a subject close to my heart, From Fear to Freedom. She works with professional swans to achieve clarity and focus. You may ask, what is a professional swan? It is somebody, and most of us ladies, we put on a front of, we've got it all under control, we can do this, and we do so much for the children, the grandchildren, work, home, partner, but yet underneath that professional swan and that front that we put up, we are crumbling underneath, and we're not coping, and we need help. It's going to be a powerful chat and will reframe the way we see ourselves and help change the way you think about your past. Are you feeling stuck in life? You can't forgive yourself. Are you riddled with guilt? You can't move on. And this is a podcast for you. Every decision we make takes us down a path. I love that saying. And it's so true. So today, a big welcome to Sue Kerr. Sue is a coach, an author, a speaker, and she is such an amazing lady. Let's jump straight in and chat. Welcome, Sue. It's a pleasure Hi. to have you on. What's the weather thank like thank up there today? Uh, I'm in Yorkshire, and Lovely. it's absolutely pouring steroids. Oh. The sky's dark, storm, whatever it's called, is on its way, I think, rapidly. Oh. Um, the the trees are bending and it's just a grim day. But sunny yeah. here in Sussex. <laughs> it's nice. Ah, you're you're a, you're a lucky, lucky Sussex. woman. But yeah. yesterday it was it was like that. But today it's beautiful. What message would you like to get over to the ladies today through our chat? For me, I think had you asked me that question about nine years ago, I, I wouldn't have been able to have an answer. But for me today. My uh, my go to response for that question uh, or, or questions of that type, I should say, is, is quite simply to help us to help everybody understand that in order to live our lives effectively as the best version of us, whatever that might be, because your version of best might not be my version of best. And yes. that's absolutely fine. In order to be able to do that, we have to move from living in a place of fear, i.e. anxiety, depression, overwhelm etc to that of living freely where it matters most which is inside a mind that is ours alone to control yeah not our not our kids not our parents not our partners not the social media not the blessed government or anybody else and when we can we when we can make that leap of faith because it's yes. a leap of faith yeah then things start to change for the better forever because we, we start to let go of things like people pleasing um we start to say no a lot more firmly and mean it than yes yes you know we all we've all said yes when we went no and instantly gone oh you know I used to be like that but these days I'm confident enough within my own skin comfortable enough to to be to be able to say to somebody you know what I know I said yes to that just realized I've got too much honor I'm double booked or whatever and I and I have the the balls frankly yes to, to, to to tell them that I made a mistake whereas previously you know, my in sort of pre nine years ago, I would have just kept going and made myself increasingly more ill just because I'd, I'd committed to do something. And I didn't want let I didn't want to let people down. That's right. So, so, so moving from fear to freedom, ladies, is vital if we're ever going to live the best version of what we want our lives to be. Yes. You know. Now that is. Um... Yeah, that is powerful. And, and we're going to find out today a bit more about how to do that through our chat, because I think that is problems that we all have. And I know Absolutely. with age, sometimes, you know, it you you can say no easier and things like, as you get older. It's like, no, I'm thinking of me. But if we can yeah. just if we could learn that when we're younger, it would have saved well, for myself. It would have saved a lot of aggro. Ah. It, Absolutely. Absolutely. My uh, I'm, I'm very blessed these days. I I. Uh, I have we have three grown children and we have five grandchildren, all of which I call my monkeys. That's that's just because I I like monkeys and they make me laugh. And the kids (laughs) invariably make me laugh. Yes. Uh, But but the middle one of the grandchildren some time ago now asked me I was I was dropping her off somewhere one day and she just said to me, Nonny, what would be your superpower if you could have one? 
To which my answer, without even thinking about it, I just blurted out, that would be dead easy, Meg. If I had a superpower, I'd make every educational establishment in the entire world Mm. teach all of us as children mindfulness, meditation, yoga, all the holistic skills and therapies that we need to be able to enable us to look after ourselves in later life. And that's that's part of a mission that I'm on. It's part of my fear to freedom mission, if you like. Everything begins and ends with us. But what most people don't realize as adults is that everything everything begins and ends with our societal, environmental and familial familial conditioning yes as as children yes yeah we grow to what we know and it's hard to break free from that I'm only just now in my 50s beginning to break free from it all absolutely struggling all them years and going through all that stuff and now I'm beginning to think no I'm going to put me first and I'm going through the healing and you know but I mean you're bringing up children you're, you're working you're caring for people and putting everyone before you and then finally it's like no I haven't got no more to give I can't give anymore we we can't pour from an empty cup as my no. name used to say you can't do it uh, and yet in, in modern 21st century life that's exactly what I would suggest at least 70 percent of the women on the entire planet do you know yes. we, yeah. we we get up in the morning regardless of where in the world we live we hit the floor running and and if we ever think about ourselves at all, it's normally just before we pass out to sleep at night, yes. thinking, oh, bugger, I didn't have a shower or I didn't have a bath yes. or forgot to eat today. Yeah. And and that type of living got me into an awful lot of trouble, which is mm. which is why I do what I do now. Yes. You know, um, the old me, what I say to people a lot these days, particularly the ladies that I, I speak to and work with, is, is that I work with the professional swans of this world. Somebody once said, you know, you go to networking meetings in pre-COVID time and stuff like that, and you stand up and you say things like, I work with professional swans and some random blokes. I didn't know you were a vet. God off. (laughs) And and, and it's because of many like you, sweetie, that that I'm doing what I do. (laughs) (laughs) But, But by that, you'll know what I mean, Ruth, when I say you, me, Pretty much every female that we know at some point in, our, in in their lives have been a professional swan. We're the sort of person that we give the impression to mm. anybody and everybody that we're gliding serenely through life and we haven't got a care in the world. And underneath, we're paddling like crazy just yes. to stay afloat yes. for, fear of, for fear of not being seen to be capable or for fear of being seen as being unable to cope or, uh, God forbid, a failure. Yes, making yeah. mistakes you know and and it's so unnecessary it's unnecessary yeah um and it often takes a lot of unpicking but the way to do it is to set an intention today that just for today I'm going to or I'm not going to so for instance just for today I'm not going to say yes to everything yes that's right and as I like to say see what falls out the tree because you mm. know what Largely speaking, the world won't end That's if right. we say no. That's right. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. Um, but it's when you're in that downward spiral of I've got to do this, I've got to do this. I always do this for so-and-so and I've got to walk the dog. And I've got, if we don't pause long enough to breathe, let alone care for ourselves, then then we fall down the rabbit hole of stress, burnout, overwhelm, you know, anxiety kicks in, depression kicks in. Yes. And, and if you and like, you've, and you've got to carry on through that as well. You might be feeling a young mum feeling depressed, down, you know, mother blues, and you've still got to carry on, put on a smile for the children, and be strong for the Absol- children. Absolutely, I think. I think to be fair, the kids don't need; they do not need to carry the burdens of their adults. So, so to a degree, yes. uh, I think that's. I think that you're spot on. However. The other side of that coin, because I firmly believe what one of my sort of principles, as you like, these days is that there are always two sides to a coin. So therefore, there are always two sides yes. to a story. And you're right. Ninety nine point nine nine percent of parents, let alone mothers in this world, would try and protect their children by not letting them see that they're stressed out, overwhelmed. But kids are very intuitive. Yes. They're far from stupid, even nonverbal children even even children who are deemed to be 
differently abled in some way. I refuse to say disabled. Yes. Again, another, yeah. they're not disabled. They are differently abled. Yes. They're not stupid. They understand. They pick up on our vibes. They're very intuitive. We were all born intuitive. We just get it one way or another knocked out of us as we're growing up. That's right. And But the kids, yes, they need to be protected from the harsh, brutal fact. But actually, one of the greatest gifts that we can, in my humble opinion, one of the greatest gifts that we can ever, ever gift our children is to allow them to see us in a vulnerable state. We are human. Yes. Absolutely. Mummy's only human. Yeah. Mummy cries. Why does yeah. the mummy cry? Mummy cries because she's very sad. Yeah. That's all we need to say. And we make Sometimes, mistakes. And yeah. Absolutely. I used to say to my kids, my tears are I, my, my tears are just washing my eyes because I'm a bit sad today. Oh, that's beautiful. You know, and that was it. They didn't yes. need to know anything no. else. I always work on the premise with kids because I part one of the strands of the business that I run, I work with children um to, to instill self-belief and, and stuff like that. But but when I'm working with anybody's kids, I will say to the parents first and foremost, how you do anything is how you do everything. So how you speak to your children yeah. with the greatest of respect will become the mirror, the thing that they mirror back to you. Yes. And and if you are task avoidant in terms of not answering difficult questions, they will also become task avoidant and not ask, answer difficult questions. Whereas my premise is, and it's not, it's not, uh, it's not perfect by any means, trust me. And I'll tell you why in a minute. <laughs> I I firmly believe that they're old enough. If they're old enough to ask a question, they're old enough to, to receive an age stage appropriate response. Yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you an example of what I meant by by saying I'll tell you in a minute. When our the youngest of our kids was about three years old, we, one evening we were sat. I mean, she's nearly thirty now, so it's a long time ago. Um, we were sat. She was sat cuddled in the middle of me and her dad. We were watching EastEnders or some soap or whatever on the TV. And as she turned to her daddy, uh, mirroring the language that had just the, the words that had just been used on screen, turned to her daddy and said, "What is a condom anyway, daddy?" daddy nearly had a heart attack because she's three and she's asking him a rude question uh he promptly stood up and said i'm going for a bath and didn't answer the question and left stage right very very quickly and she looked at me and she went does daddy not know the answer i said clearly not jess clearly not um so um so she said so uh, so what is a condom anyway and I i just thought about it for a second i went it's a sort of raincoat a man wears when he wants to kiss a lady. Brilliant. <laughs> and I've got, I have no idea where that came from. It just, I told you my brain was organic. Yes. And it literally, and she just went, oh, okay. And that was End it. Of my husband yes. spent an hour and a half in the bathroom that night. <laughs> to my knowledge, she never mentioned it again. I, I'm assuming she knows the difference now. Yes. <laughs> We don't have we we don't have to protect our kids the way that we think we do. Yes. You know, I think, you know what, in my own personal experience, my childhood was traumatic at best. But I was surrounded by love, massive extended family in the 60s and always aunts and uncles and grandmas and granddads and all that business. And uh, but my so I was equally well balanced on many levels. But the story I told myself about my past was born on what I perceived to have been happening at, at the hands of my mother. Now, that's, you know, a long, it's, it's a story that I've long since put to bed. But to cut a very long story short, I, I hope for the benefit of, of the ladies who are listening, it the story that I told myself as an angry teen about the instances that had happened in the past, the emotional, mental, physical abuse to a certain extent, were all true. It was all true. Yes. None of it was my fault. What I didn't know until a long, long, long time afterwards uh, was that actually it actually wasn't her fault either. We often because, don't know the whole story. Because the cycle repeats itself. Mm. And, and what I didn't know, I didn't know. My my aunt, my only remaining relative on that side of, of my family, several years after my mother passed away, chose to tell me that my mother had had the exact same relationship with her mother as the one that I was having. And I actually said to her, I said, Tess, that would have been a really good idea to tell me that about 25 yes. years ago. 
Because what happened, I, my mental health as a child suffered. I literally have had a lifelong mental ill health journey. Um, by the time I hit sort of 17, 18, that had triggered my first nervous breakdown. Yeah, I went yeah. to the GP. He gave me some, he gave me a script and he said, take two of these twice a day for six weeks. He goes, right as ninepence. That man was a genius. He was a god. I was absolutely upbeat, hyper happy. What he didn't tell me was he'd given me full strength diazepam to take two twice a day. At that time in 1978, diazepam was the world's most prescribed tranquilizer that they were using wow. as an antidepressant. That they were using as an antidepressant. They didn't know the science. Yes. Uh, don't even get me started on doctors no. and science. Um, no. <laughs> but he never said come back. All he yeah, said was so... take two of these. Tw- I'm 18 years old. I've gone to my GP for the first time on my own as a grown up because I thought I was losing my mind. It's Within so two- different back then. Yeah. Nowadays, you get the talking therapies and everything else. Absolutely. We've a lot to be thankful yeah. for these days. Yes. But actually, I actually thought I was losing my mind because what yeah. I didn't know was in six weeks, I'd become addicted. For three weeks after that, I literally thought I'd gone mad. But what, I, what was happening was detox. Yes. Yeah. Didn't know. Didn't know, actually, for a very long time after that. I just knew I suddenly started to feel better. Wasn't cold, wasn't sweating, wasn't doing anything. Yes. But what it, what it did was trigger a, a, an enormous amount of mistrust in me of the medical profession mm. um, in terms of childhood patterning, childhood imprinting. My grandma had once said to me, and I, I hung on her every word. She was one of my best friends until she died. She once said to me, People like us, people like us don't ever question doctors, lawyers, or policemen. They're all educated. We're not. Oh, my. <laughs> the most well-meaning of advice. Yes. Yeah. Comes back to bites in the arse. Yes. And it's not our fault. And it, neither was it their fault. She was a lovely woman. She cared deeply for her kids and her grandkids. But that was her pattern. She knew that. As a fact, different times. We need to be really careful that that we leave behind us in terms of life's intangibles. If we have children, if we're gifted with children, then they are they form part of our legacy to the world. Yes, that they can then go on and make their own way in the world and do great things, or do things greatly. Whatever. What mm. age did you start your healing journey? And but a bit more about you and your background. My healing journey, although I didn't know it at the time. My healing journey started at half past nine on the 26th of September, 2012, which is a very specific, wow. <laughs> <a> very specific <laughs> is. Uh, answer, I guess. But what had happened, and it will, it will automatically take us backwards before it sort of takes us forward, if that makes any sense. What had happened was, just touching briefly on the childhood ill health, mental ill health, that lasted, as I said, till I was 18. By the time I was 52, which I was on the 26th of September 2012, I was sat in front of my doctor. I was seven and a half stone heavier than I am now. I was bright yellow, although I convinced myself I had a suntan. I was taking 17 different prescription meds, totaling 44 different pills and potions every single day for all manner of stuff that goes with being morbidly obese and drunk as a skunk. I was down, depressed drunk as a skunk and I didn't know it at that time at 9 30 that morning when I was quite literally almost dead mm. she picked up she picked up the phone and I asked her what are you doing and she said I'm, fo- I'm phoning for an ambulance soon and like an idiot me and her in the room I just looked over both shoulders and I went who for yeah. I was that much I was yes. that much down the rabbit hole of denial and she said I'm, I'm phoning an ambulance for you Sue because your your liver's gone your kidney's gone you're you're in end stage failure from what I can see from the blood results we need to get you in the hospital and we need to do it now I woke up circa six days later five six days later and uh, didn't know what planet I was on but for the first time in whatever the maths are between 18 and 52 for the first time in that amount of time I'd been I was sober yeah um into I was very ill I I spent six weeks in hospital and clearly I declined the offer to meet the Grim Reaper but in my recovery the the consultant came to see me and said you're a very sick young woman and even then I laughed like an idiot Mm. and I just I was just happy he was calling me young yeah I I, I looked I've got I've got pictures across my social media that if you put them in a window of me then 
you, you know, they would do wonders. There'd be no burglary. They'd keep the yeah. burglars at bay. Sure. Oh, bless. You, you, you don't need a Rottweiler. You've got my picture oh. in there. But I, but he told me I'd won the battle and not the war. And I was still dying. And he was as blunt as that. And then left. I'm like, oh, cheers, pal. I'm wow. crying. Husband's crying. Yeah. Said young, said youngest daughter, who now knows what a condom is, <laughs> entered the room and, and saw us both crying. And her dad had to tell her that I was dying. That she knew I was there. There was never any secret. And she screamed. She let out a scream and she held my gaze. And it was do you know one of those moments that's imprinted on your brain mm. and you'll never ever forget it. Yes. It's what these days I know is, is called a paradigm shift. In her eyes, I saw anger. She was so angry at me. She hated me for mm. sure in that mm. moment for what I'd done to not only myself but the family. And but most of all, I saw I saw the love in her eyes that I'd never seen in my mother's eyes. Mm. And I didn't have myself. I didn't even like myself, let alone love myself. And in that split second of me having that dawning realization, I knew then that my life would change for the better forever. I had got a clue how. Yes. I just yeah. knew that it would change for the better forever. I'm very fortunate. I'm very fortunate as a recovering addict in terms of I'm still married to the same man. I met and married when I was, well, I met him when I was 17. We got married when I was in my 20s. All my kids are still in my life. I've got I've got three grandkids that I would never have met if the prophecy yes. was true. Yeah. And in that split second of, of being told I was still dying, not on the battle, it suddenly struck me that actually the story I was telling myself about my past is what is what kept me rooted in the past. Yes. Yeah. It kept me stuck exactly where I professed that I was no longer, let alone didn't want to be. And yet in that split second, in that paradigm shift, the clarity that struck me was simply this. The person that I'd, I'd spent my whole life blaming for my mental health, et cetera, et cetera, she'd been dead blesser for 13 years before I was admitted to hospital. She'd had zero significant impact on my life for at least 14 years before that. So almost 30 years. I was 52, remember? Yes. So for almost 30 years, she'd had no impact on my life in any significant level. We, 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 met, we, were, we were still, we saw each other as a family and we weren't estranged in that respect. But more than anything, she was teetotal. And my story was, this happened to me in childhood. That's her fault. I'm not well. I'm going to get a drink. She can go screw herself. Yeah. How stupid was I? Yeah. My husband nearly lost his wife. There had been times since when I'm pretty sure he'd... <laughs> He was he was more than grateful that he hadn't, but equally, you know, that he wanted to brain me himself because we're a normal family. How do you think that you could have let go of them feelings that you were feeling I, now looking back? I didn't have a clue that I could, in all honesty. I had no, even at, at, at that age, at 52 in that moment, I just knew, I knew instinctively that that was my first step towards setting myself free from the shackles of the past going back to circa 15 16 18 even 30 40 you know those memories were so strong those triggers those emotional anchors were so strong but they were that strong Ruth because I'd spent my whole life reinforcing the fact that they were strong yes yeah. I know for certain these days, and I've got Wayne Dyer to thank for this quote, God bless him. Wayne Dyer was an American, very spiritual guy, guru, if you like, but very, very intelligent man. And he once said, when we change the way we look at things, the things we look at change. Mm. Yes. When I when I started to look back at my past, at my mother, at my whole fam- familial situation, Alcohol was freely and readily available. My dad was of the era that when the child was teething, you would dip their dummy in whiskey and stick the dummy in the mouth. And I had many around with him as a a sober person saying, Dad, he never did you any harm. I went, Dad, I was pissed up when I was three months old. Yes. It just, it put you to sleep. What do you think alcohol does to three-month-old babies? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) It it puts them to sleep. Of course it does. They go to sleep because they're drunk. At 52, I was drinking five bottles of wine per day every single day. To put me to sleep. Yeah. That mm-hmm. wasn't his fault. It wasn't. 
That's all he knew. Just, That's all he's been taught. It's what he knew. We, yeah. we grow to what we know. Mm. So no way on God's green earth would I have even considered that it was possible to change the way I thought about my past. It took me 2012 till maybe, maybe another two or three years just writing and journaling and looking after myself and getting physically well because my body was a wreck. It took me maybe two or three years and I started sort of dabbling on social media and, and people started to want to listen. And before I knew where I were, I'm doing what I do today, which is, which is help the professional swans of this world get rid of their it, yes. if you like. Because yeah. we all have an it. Mine just yes. happened to be mental ill health and addiction. Yes. But with the, the it is the story that we tell ourselves, largely either about the past, which is why we are where we are today and we can't move on, or about the prospect of doing something different in the future that other people are going to have an issue with. Yes. But what I know for sure is it's not their life to live, it's ours. That's right. So how do we reboot our mindset? Oh, man, reboot <laughs> our mindset. You got me on that one. We, we, we reboot our mindset. We, we start by reframing the way we see ourselves. We can't do it otherwise. We have to take responsibility for our part in absolutely everything that we've ever been involved in. Now, don't get me wrong, as children, no, we, 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 can't be ex- we cannot be expected to take responsibility for the things that happened in our past at the hands of our grown-ups. Yes. That's not our fault. Um, but we can take responsibility in later life, same situation, I can take responsibility for the fact that I made decisions without full disclosure of everything in terms of I didn't know what I didn't know. So I have to forgive myself to to get over that that stumbling block, if you like. That's easier said than done, isn't it? That's quite hard to forgive yourself. Have you got any exercises or any tools that ladies can use? In terms of forgiveness, I think it's like most things. Most things that we're stuck on, one of the things, one of the exercises I use my clients is, is, to, is to use what I call a seven-level depth of questioning. So you start with a statement that, that or about something that causes you angst or grief or you're frustrated or you're, you're frightened of. It doesn't matter. What, if, if it's a fear-based emotion, you'll know it's a fear-based emotion because you, you don't feel even the remotely like smiling, for argument's sake. Yes. Um, so you, you, you write the statement, you know, so... If, if I was going to use my mother, which which would be unfair, but if I was going to use a person who had done something to me that I that I that had caused me harm in some way, be it that physical, mental, or emotional harm in some way, and I wanted to work it out for myself, I would I would make a bold statement because there's only me going to see it. Yes. Okay. Um, I, it would be a statement along the lines of, "I hate my mother." Because she did that, 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 that to me, I was only little, and I would just spill my beans. Excuse <coughs> me, and in on the paper, pour it out with the emotion that I can still feel, because anchors the emotional anchors that we have. If we if we're rooted in what I call an emotional pain point, we never we never we forget what was said and done. Maya Angelou once said this, we forget what was said, we forget what was done, but we never, ever forget how it made us feel. Mm. And it's the feeling that we have to shift. Yes. If we can reframe, we have to shift it. We can't really reframe how we felt about something, especially if it's a verbal, violent, mentally abusive bully, you know. Um, But we can change that over time. The way we think becomes the way we speak, becomes the way we act becomes what we believe to be true. And when we get to the point of believing that something's true about the past, my mother did this, 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 this is why I did this, 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 this. That's the shift. That's the bit that has to shift. So seven level, the seven depth level of questioning starts with the bold statement. And then you quite simply ask yourself, why is that important to me? It's one of the most empowering things we can do for ourselves. Why is that important to me? Because then the need for a brutally honest conversation with ourselves, probably the first one we will have ever had. Mm. The, the shock is in understanding that, that actually I've got to have this conversation with myself, otherwise I'm never going to heal. If I can't heal, I can't forgive myself. I'm not talking about forgiving other people because that's a hell of a minefield. 
Yes. Yeah. Forgiving ourselves. I didn't know my husband was a violent, abusive narcissist when I married him. I forgive myself for that. Mm. And my husband's not a violent, abusive narcissist. No, no, I understand. um, um, So there's always something we don't know about somebody that's involved in a situation conflict with us. That's why conflicts begin. There's always a piece of information missing. So when you ask yourself this question, why is that important to me? And it takes time. And you might just dismiss it offhand at first. Depends where you are in the anger stage or if you're more open to to healing. The healing process comes with a lot of tears, as I'm sure you know. Yes. It comes with a hell of a lot of tears. Mm. But, but, I mean, our eldest granddaughter, who's nearly 20, calls me the queen of quotes. Um, But but Dudinsky rightly said, where our tears go, let them flow. Mm. and let let your sorrows follow yes where your where your tears go let them flow and let your sorrows follow as we heal the tears become less when you answer that first why is that important to me that's not the end of the question that's not the end of the exercise you then keep on asking yourself why the next point down the deeper point so this is the surface level statement yes you go down a level yes but why is that important answer it in full with feeling but why is that important but why is that important seven levels is an average figure but i've had i've had clients get to 16 so deep was their need to get to the root cause of what it was that was holding them back it's not an exact science and it depends entirely on the individual the levels are so you got the main questions and it's why is that and you could go deep and deeper yeah but why but why and and every single time but not not just but why but why is that important to me yes to me to you why yes. is that important to me why is that important to me mm. and it's that inner it's that it causes us to self-reflect it causes us to acknowledge things that we perhaps long since forgotten about which in and of themselves are emotionally very painful at times but with each emotional pain point that's laid to rest for want of an for want of a better expression the healing becomes deeper, you know, and, and I've got no, some people get there in three or four. I doubt that, but I think what's happened, I always say to somebody, if you've only got as far as three or four levels, leave it to be. You don't have to do it all in one sitting anyway. No, no. You can just lay it to one side, think about what you've written, and then just ask your brain for an answer. Our brains are designed to give us the answers we seek. And not too much at one time. I it takes time. It's an overnight thing that's going to happen. You go through like six hours of ah, and then that's fine. It's time, yeah. isn't it? It's absolutely time. I we, we, with everybody that I work with, I am quite happy if you're open to this is to send you a link um, afterwards. I with everybody I work with, <clears throat> be it on a group program or a one to one or whatever, I use a, a, a book, um, a self help journaling tool called yes. Where Am I Going. Where am I going? Find, find your way to clarity and focus. And the first part of that is all about the relationships that we have had slash have in our lives. So it starts in childhood. There's a series of maybe about 10 questions, you know. Perfect. Techni- technically, each section, you could do the seven, seven levels of deep depth questioning. Yes. You know, it would take an awful long time. But what I say to people is the more you put in, wherever we are in our world now, in terms of our age, whatever our state of health, whatever our background, whatever the hangups that we've got and all the rest of it, it's taken us this long in our life. So me, I'm I'm 61 years old. It's taken me 61 years to get to this version of me. Mm. The first nine, the first 958 versions of me, I didn't bloody like. Yeah. You know, yeah. I hated it. Hated it. And for that read, hated myself. So I drank more, I ate more, I rebelled more. All it's all of the choices that I made, including the healthier choices from 2012, everything that's ever, ever happened to me, to you, to our parents, to the neighbours, whoever, everything that's ever happened to us has served to bring us to the point of who we are today. Yes. Period. The decisions, every decision that we make, takes us down a path mm. 
we have a uh, I have a, a, a um do, do you remember I'm far older than lots of the people that I talk to but and and people rarely say yes but if if you are of an age you might remember the film Sliding Doors with Gwyneth Paltrow no there I you was, go. I um, was brought up in the religious cult, so we wasn't allowed. Oh, nothing. right. Okay. Right. <laughs> Years so, ago. But uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, I'm sure it was Gwyneth Paltrow, made a film called Sliding Doors. And she's rushing off to work, I think it is, one day. She jumps on the train in New York or somewhere in America, and she gets on the wrong train. And for argument's sake, it goes right instead of left. And the film details how her life pans out because of that. But it's one of these films where it flips backwards and forwards. Where if yes. she'd got on the right train that day, her life would have panned out that way. Our life is like that. Every mm. single day, we're gifted 86,400 seconds per day. Wow. Each of which potentially is an event. Our response or reaction to each event that happens dictates whether we go right or left. Whichever path we take, it will take us yes. on a different path to the one that... So nothing happens by coincidence... But we can all of us, without exception, if we if we if we start to if we start to live intentionally on purpose, as opposed to unintentionally, unconsciously, things change. And and they change, they change for the better because nobody in their right mind would choose to be miserable, down, depressed, drunk. Nobody in their right mind would stay in an abusive relationship any longer than they had to, mm. which again is very emotive because I know that people's, the, the circles that I work in, I know people stay for all manner of reasons because they're protecting children and elderly parents and so on and so forth. But the, the brutal fact is we can any of us change a situation that we're in. Yes. By Just like that. By just for today saying, no, I'm not going to let you hit me anymore. Yeah. I'm not going to have a drink just for today. Just for today sets us all up to succeed because we're not making ourselves false promises. I'm going to lose seven stone in 18 months. That's fairly realistic. But when I was seven and a half stone heavier than I am now, it was like, I'm going to go on a diet next week. I can't go on a diet next week. It's Christmas. Yes. It's Saturday. There's no point going on a diet until Saturday. We talk ourselves in and out of everything. The responsibility is hours and hours alone, mm. even in the hands and face of adversity. You know, if we don't breathe from our oxygen mask, air travel is not as common these days as it used to be for obvious reasons. Yes. But the first thing that they always do on an airplane is go through the safety exits and this and that, and the lights will come on. And if the oxygen mask drops down, don't give it to the kids, the granny, the dog, whoever. That is breathe so hard. <laughs> <laughs> breathe yes. from your own yes. oxygen mask yes that's because right. if you're dead you can't help mm. them anyway yeah. i learned that lesson all mm. those to my cost i found out after that day 26th september i found out during the course of my recovery while still in hospital that if i'd not gone to my gp that day and i nearly didn't i was already down the second bottle of wine for the day and i'd got a glass ready and i left the glass almost never happens but i left the glass half full of wine Yes. Walked over to my doctors. I found out afterwards that if I hadn't gone that day, 24 hours later, I would have been dead. Yeah. I, I came that close. Now that, in my case then, was definitely enough to make me wake up and smell the coffee, not the yes. Chardonnay. And but sometimes you of, have to get that low. Yeah. If you're not listening to those little prompts to change, yeah. people can try and help you, family, friends, and until you're ready. And you, you can't a lot of times get to that level. We, we, there's no happen. shame in it. No, there's no shame in not knowing what you don't know. Yeah. If we don't know, I'm on an absolute, literally, I'm just on a mission to t- take a billion people from fear to freedom because this is endemic in our society. Yes. Regardless of where we w- live in the world, we are all of us, and more so these days, we are all of us operating from a place of fear. Yes. And actually fear, the only thing that's missing in any fearful situation is the bit of knowledge that will take us over the bridge to freedom. And that and knowledge is always yeah. is already inside us, isn't it? And that is my Absolutely. thing. I want to help ladies. We're, if we start to listen to our heart, mm. not our brain, yes. we're going to get a lot further in terms of evolution as a species 
there's increasing I, I read a report not so long ago that that scientists have now decided almost almost to the point of making it official that our heart is actually the second brain i would suggest it's the first mm. because the heart is made up of billions of neurons just like our brain is but it operates on an ethereal level it operates on that level of feeling not scientific fact figures words yes we are actually a perfect machine if we allow everything to work as it's meant to be we've forgotten how to live as we were designed to live that's we've, right. we over the millennia we've just we it's been erased if you like mm. but but when i say to people like, in terms of our actual mind our brain i i I used to work in a school, so I'm I'm, uh, I'm quite sort of big on analogies. But if I if I'm trying to explain to somebody how our brain works, in terms of this conversation, my conscious mind is very much in control. I'm conscious that I need to do certain things, not do certain things. I'm conscious that I'm trying to retrieve information that I need to impart. We both we are both in conscious mode here, but we will both take away completely different views of how this interview went what we can see from each other in our body language yes. backgrounds and so on, we will take away different things. That gets consigned to memory. So our conscious brain is what I call the operating system. It's the Microsoft or the Apple, if you like, of the brain. It's the operating system that houses everything. Yes. Our, our subconscious brain is the bit what I call is, is what I call the it's the folders section. It's all the files and folders. Everything that we've done that we've learned in our life. So for instance, the ABCs, learning to drive, learning to swim. We know already how to do all those things. Our brain knows we do, but it stores it in subconscious because unless you or I get in the car or jump in a pool, yes. we don't we don't need to remember all the time how to drive or how to swim. The unconscious brain, our unconscious mind is totally totally unresponsive to day-to-day life it's what i call the recycle bin so we've got the operating system we've got the files and folders yes we've got the recycle bin everything that's ever happened to us ever anything that we've seen smelled felt touched read whatever is in our unconscious mind so the unconscious mind is a root of everything in terms of until the heart brain theory takes hold yes Um, but at the minute it's what we have to work with the unconscious mind is totally unresponsive to -to day-to-day events but it's totally driving the subconscious when the subconscious is alerted that something's not right we go into fight and flight mode the entire freaking world is living in fright and fight and flight mode at the moment there's much we can do so, for instance, I, I no longer, it's about five years ago now, so well pre-COVID, I made a decision that I didn't have enough time to do the things I needed to do or wanted to do. Yes. How could I give back myself, um, how could I give myself some time back? So I stopped watching TV. That's a good I idea. consciously yeah. stopped watching TV. I watch the occasional film or documentary. I choose what I want to watch. Now, I don't watch the news. I don't watch anything that's going to instill and imbue fear in me. I'll find that out for myself. Thank you very much. You know, I'm not an idiot and I'm not, Yes. you know, I'm, I'm not um, oblivious to what's going on in the world, but I don't need to be drip fed it every five seconds on a 24 hour news loop. Thank you. Same no, here. And you. the same on Facebook. You're always getting the news yeah. up with bad news. I, I, I follow it all. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not necessary. It's negative. It's not necessary. We become what we're subjected to. Not to seven. We are environmentally, familiarly, and societally conditioned. Yes. Even by the most well-meaning of parents, I might add. If you've got two little boys trying to climb a tree, Mm. you've got one set of parents going, get up there, Johnny, go on. That's the worst thing. You break your leg. It doesn't matter. We'll put a pot on it. Get yourself up Mm. there. And you've got, no, Brian, get down. You can't climb. You might fall out. You'll hurt yourself. Those children are going to grow up with completely different mindsets. Yes. A growth mindset, I can do this. Even if I fall out and break my leg, I'm going to try again. Or, "Mm, no, I can't do that. I might hurt myself. And I get why parents are protective. I'm a parent and a grandparent. We've all done it. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's the the, the power of our mind to change a situation and move us from fear to freedom is it's immeasurable. Yes. It, it, when it came down to it, 
Yes, I had medical intervention. Medical intervention definitely saved my life. Thank God. But when it came down to it, I could have walked out of that hospital that day and gone straight to the shop or the pub or whatever and got trolled. The shift within me, within my emotional brain, my heart, when I saw the look in my daughter's eyes and when I felt the love that I'd never felt or been conscious of feeling, I should say, up to that point, changed within me something I can't even begin to explain. But it led me to doing things like this today and helping other women particularly to know that whoever and whatever they are, they're enough. No matter what, no matter what anybody else thinks of them, you know, parents, partners, spouses, kids, we are all of us enough just the way we are. Can you tell us more about what you offer and then give us your website, Facebook, any books you've written? Actually, my my book book, the book that we've all got inside of us is is just in outline form at the minute. But that's going to be that that is its work. It's working title is Finally Fearless from Addicted to Accountable. Um, so that's a work in progress. I've got a couple of sort of little co-authored things that I can that, that I've done. But in terms of what, what I do, I'll again I'll drop you the link. I've got a link tree, I've got a link tree link, which is easier. Okay. But I work, I, I work with people. I have I have a fear to freedom, I can't speak. I have a fear to freedom program, which is a which is a 12 monthly group program. Um yes. and, and the feedback that I'm getting from it is incredible. It's primarily women. I think we've got one guy in there. Uh, who stays very quiet and in the back and doesn't <laughs> doesn't ruin his head blessing. Um, but I've built it in a modular way, and it's and it starts actually with the with the where am I going that I mentioned earlier. That's the yes. first thing that I have them all do. It's like their baseline assessment of themselves, if you like, um, and and it builds month on month in a very linear fashion, and it takes them on a journey of self discovery. It takes them on a journey to understanding that whoever and whatever they are, they are enough. And it covers pretty much everything I've, in my own personal experience, lived through, gone through, worked through and come out the other side. You know, I'm still Is this online? Is this it's, online or face to face? It's, it, it's it, the, the program itself is it's a 12 month modular program. It has everything built into it people can choose to do it for themselves because my experience tells me that people just like some people just like to rock up and get on with it and do it then they can clearly reach out to me if they need help it comes as a as a group program where people will hop on monthly soon to be bi-monthly group coaching calls on the back of where they are in their program because they're all doing it at different stages but any any questions or things they need explaining get, get answered on the group calls and then we have, I've got people who have opted to, to build in one-to-one coaching on top of all that. Um, so it, it is, because you know what? I know from my own experiences, Ruth, that a journey like this is definitely not a one-size-fits-all story. That's right, yes. And 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 the feedback that I'm getting from the people that have gone through it, this this last, this, this current cohort, have been doing it for about nine, they're in month nine now. And, and the changes that them see, that they're seeing within themselves are astounding. And when they're happy, I'm happy. I'm, yes, not, here to tell, I'm not here to tell anybody how to live their lives. No. I'm here to show them how to look inside and find and reconnect. Use reconnect your tools. With our, yeah. Reconnect with our inner child. Yes. Realign to the world around us and then refocus on where mm. they want to be without shame, blame or guilt even figuring in their own inner narrative. Why? Because it nearly bloody killed me and I don't want anybody else to go down the same path. That's right. Okay. That's right. So if people want to contact you yeah. on Facebook, they can can they just look you up and message you? Quite often it yes. goes in your so, inbox though, doesn't it? So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I get no I get lot it doesn't well yes it does. If we're not friends already on Facebook, um it will drop but I've 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 got mine set up so that I check both every day. Yes, okay. Um, so Sukur C U R E um You'll you'll find me in three different places on Facebook alone. You'll find me on my profile, Sukur, um, Sukur Fear to Freedom, and um, Everything Begins Ends with You is my group. Um, and I, and I believe they've all got pictures of of this mug uh, with and I'm in my purple suit because purple was Donny Osmond's favourite colour and therefore it became mine. That's my that's Perfect. part of my envi- that's part of my environmental conditioning from when I was a kid. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um but you can you can reach out, you can send me a message, WhatsApp. Yeah, and my Perfect. uh my links are all there. In fact, in my personal profile, my link tree 
is in there and they can get access to my email and stuff through that anyway yes okay but i will i will send you that i will send the uh, the the download as we close just a message to those that are living in survival mode right now today in this moment just a, a, a quick message to them as we close for anybody who that applies to please 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 understand that everything is temporary everything particularly life itself but every thing is temporary the situations we find ourselves in the relationships that we're in the jobs that we love or loathe it's all temporary everything is happening as it's meant to be i do firmly believe that for now and if you think that's if it's if what if what's happening to you today isn't something to your liking yes please know that you've not reached the end of it yet because when you've come through at the other side in time you'll look back and think was that really that important everything's temporary life is a choice it's absolutely a choice and we can choose to live it or we can choose to exist and i i think knowing the difference to both now had i known 10 years ago that everything was temporary even my addiction we might not be having this conversation yes because my life would have taken a different turn don't beat yourself up if you fall down you can get up yeah and i think the last thing to be honest for most of us would be to know the fundamental truth of the fact that there are no mistakes there are no mistakes in this life only lessons to be learned and when we've learned them we've grown and we can move on yeah thank you what a lovely message to end on thank you so much for your time coming on today and i could have chatted for another hour my, questions in my head oh bless you well you now know where to get me so you it, can. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but my, my, my old man often says that uh, sue be quiet you never use three words when 500s do <laughs> <laughs> great thank you so much for coming on and enjoy the rest pleasure. of your day and hopefully we'll have you on again Excellent. That would be lovely. Be lovely. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you so much, Sue, for coming on today. We really appreciate it and your time that you've given to come on and chat with us. Today has really been powerful to teach us the tools that we need to dig deep and to make them changes in our life. And I thought it was lovely when she said, Our gift of children form part of our legacy to the world, which is amazing and so, so true. And also the way it makes us look back on our past and sometimes we blame our past. You can't change your past, but you can change the way it's affected you now. You can make them changes so it doesn't rule your life now. So we need to take responsibility for our wrongdoings and forgive ourselves, which I think was another powerful point that she gave today. If you'd like to hear any of our other podcasts, Empowering Women, please go to Unleash Your Goddess. .co.uk and have a lovely day and see you next time.